1: KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Hello and welcome to Church of the Week. I'm Barry Best, sitting in for Mark Longoria today. If you're not familiar with our program, Church of the Week is uh, where we here at KSLR give you an opportunity to get to know a pastor and a church in the San Antonio area, get them to know them a little bit better. Maybe you haven't found a church to go to or a pastor that you feel comfortable with. What we hope is that uh, what we're presenting to you here every week at this time is an opportunity for you to find that church that is just right for you. And today, to spe- to say I'm excited or proud to be speaking with this man is an understatement. I haven't known him all that long, um, but uh, in the short time that I have gotten to know him, I consider him to be a very good friend and uh, pretty much a, a brother in in Christ. And the man I'm talking about, you hear every day here on AM630 KSLR from 4 to 5 p.m. Um, this is the second reincarnation of the show, Word to Stand On for Life. I am joined today by the one and only Pastor Ron Arbaugh. <laughs> Pastor, how are you, my friend? Very, I'm doing well. Thank you. And uh, again, like I said, uh, there was a re. This is the second reincarnation of uh, Word Stand On for Life. Originally, the show aired at ten thirty in the morning. It was just a half hour show. Yes. Uh, that's where I first got to meet you, but I didn't get to know you that well then. And then uh, the show went away for a while, and it came back within the last couple of months here on KSLR. Or last month here on KSLR, and now it's kind of a different direction that we're going with the show. Let's talk about first where the show, how it started. And now where we've evolved the the, the show here, uh, the word to stand on for life.
2: It was interesting, Barry, the, the general manager of the station uh, asked me if I would consider doing uh, a half-hour talk show or a show of of some sort. He gave me some creative license, and I thought you know, if, if I do anything, I just want to answer questions. So, so many people have questions about the Bible, about how, how practical it is in their life. and And I wanted to answer questions about the Bible. I love telling people about Jesus. I love telling people how nice he is. And, you know, so many of us, we have the wrong idea about who he is. You know, he's always waiting to get us. So I thought, okay, we'll try that. At first, it was for six weeks. And we we're going to do 10.30 to 11 o'clock, Monday through Friday, and, and it was a challenge for us because we, we were going to interrupt our schedule. And then it just it was really a great time. I got to do it. Uh, my wife drove me every day, and, and on Thursday, she was on the air, Paula was, on uh, what we call the special Date day Edition, because Thursday's always been our date day. And uh, one thing we discovered was a half hour goes really fast. You know, when you get one or two questions and the questions are 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 not quite so simple, the half hour just flies by. And at the end of that six weeks, or just prior to it, uh, the station asked us if we would extend another four weeks. And we thought, sure, we can do it another four weeks. And we just kind of thought it was done after that it was just kind of a temporary summer thing. And yet, it's kind of been percolating in our hearts, uh, both mine and the station's. And uh, so now, some time has gone by—a year, in fact, has gone by. And uh, we were asked if we would consider doing the show for an hour uh, in the afternoon from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Because of the, the commitment that is, I really had to pray about it. Paula had to pray about it. And we just felt like this is what the Lord wanted us to do. So what we're doing now is we're taking more time to answer questions to just to let people know. Again, my my mission hasn't changed. I want people to know how good God is. I want them to know that they can depend on him for everything. I want them to know that every answer for every problem that they'll ever face can be found in the word of God if they'll just invest in knowing it. And that really is the philosophy behind our show. And uh, we've completed, I think this is our third full week since we've come back on the air. And, uh, and it's been just a wonderful time.
1: And, you know, you, you talk about the people uh, calling into the show. Um, I've been a, I've been in the business for a long time. I've been in, um, you know, news talk radio and I've uh, been in teaching talk here for the last uh, off and on for the last four or five years. And when we have a live show, a live local show on in uh, on our teaching talk on here on KSLR, you know, sometimes you get two, three callers. Maybe your phones are lit up the whole show. You've got people calling in. And this is only after, like you said, like day one, when you came back on from four to five, people were there. Callers were there and people were. So that's uh, an attestment to what you did before when you were here um, on on the air to what you're doing now. And that that's just a, a, a blessing for us to have you on the air once again because you're bringing those people in that maybe, A, maybe forgot about KSLR or maybe, too, um, uh, you know, wh- haven't found KSLR yet, and you're a big part of that and really appreciate you for what, what you do. And, and the program is just a fantastic program. Again, it's on 4 to 5 p.m. every weekday here, and we're just hoping and praying that it's going to be a long and fruitful relationship that we have with you and, and Calvary Chapel uh, here in San Antonio um so the you know the radio show is great and we'll touch a little bit more on, on the show here a little bit but I want to get to know you. I know you from you know working here at at the station and in um with the show but I want to get to know who you are pastor. W- w- let's go back a little ways and where did you where were you born how your how you uh, grew up and you know all your family and then we'll get into how you start uh start ministering.
2: Let me start with the spiritual answer. I'm a sinner saved by grace. But but that's also the true answer. I'm a late-in-life Christian, Barry. I, I didn't get saved until just a couple of months before my 40th birthday. Uh, my wife, Paula, who is my partner, we're next month going to celebrate our 40th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. She and, put up
1: with you for 40 for, years? <laughs> yeah. And you have no idea how <laughs> difficult that was. See now, folks, yeah. Pastor Arbaugh and I, we go back and forth. We yeah. teach each other back and forth. So this is all in love here. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And uh, she got saved in 1978, 13 years before I did in 1991. And she prayed for me. She prayed for me. I made her life a living hell. I was a businessman. I worked 100 hour plus weeks. And I did that for many, many years. We were very successful. But I was a miserable human being. And because I was miserable, I did my best to make everybody around me miserable. And so Paula's commitment to stay with me was a testimony to her commitment to Jesus. She was reading the Bible one day, and, and when she got saved, I didn't allow her even to even have a Bible in the house. Now, she snuck the Bible in, and I didn't know, and I told her I didn't want her to, to, to read to my kids. You know, my boys needed to grow up and be strong men, and, and she also defied that, but, but for the right reasons. And as she would pray, um, and as I tried to make her life more and more miserable, I couldn't steal her joy. No matter how much I tried, there was just this joy that wouldn't go away. And it irritated me, frankly. And, and I, I just kept trying harder and harder and harder. And even though I was successful business-wise, I couldn't replace that thing that was missing in my life. And it was so frustrating not to know what it was. I was always a man who prided myself on being in control of, of all of my environment. And, and yet there was just something inside me that was gnawing away. And one day she was reading the Bible in in a very difficult time in our lives. She came across Malachi. The Bible says the Lord, the God of Israel says, I hate divorce. And as soon as she read that, the Spirit of God spoke to her heart and said, I love Ron and I hate divorce. If you love me, you'll love what I love, who I love, and you'll hate what I hate, divorce. And she understood what that meant. And she made a commitment. Even my mother pleaded with her to divorce me. How do you can come live with me and, and bring the kids. Nobody will blame you. My mother loved me, but she knew what a jerk I was. And Paula hung in there, and she did it for Jesus. And for 13 years, you know, Barry, we get a lot of women in, in unequally yoked relationships and in painful marriages, and they say, I've been praying for six months, and I just can't wait anymore. I can't stand it anymore. What am I going to do? And I'm able to say, you know what? Why don't you just call Paula? Talk to her. Six months isn't that long. And and here's what God will do. Paula used to pray for a, a man, a husband that would be kind, a husband that would take her to church. That's all she wanted. The lesson is to be careful what you ask for because now she's in church more than <laughs> any other human being, I think, in the world. But she, she listens to me on Wednesday night. She listens to me on Friday night. She listens to me three services on Sunday. She listens every day now on the radio. She's in the studio with me on the radio program. And 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 God has answered her prayers and ours abundantly beyond anything that we could ask or imagine. My children weren't saved when I got saved because I didn't raise them in a godly home. One of our boys is now a born-again believer, and the other, God is tugging on, a great kid, a wonderful young man. Uh, Young man, he's 36 years old. But but he's he's, uh, not yet given his heart to Christ. And I regret not raising them. I don't do guilt because God's forgiven me. But I regret not raising them in a Mm -hmm. Christian home. And now that it's just Paula and me and... You know, a thousand other people at Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Uh, we love our life.
1: Well, that's fantastic. In case you're just joining us as Church of the Week, I'm Barry Best. With me is uh, Pastor Ron Arbaugh, Calvary Chapel here in San Antonio. Now, you talked about um, uh, being saved in 1991. Mm-hmm. What was it like growing up in your household? Was church just, no, you didn't go to church, you didn't believe? Was that what you experienced as you were growing up?
2: Yeah, I knew nothing about Jesus. I never opened a Bible. Uh, My grandmother uh, went to First Christian Church in Pomona, California, and every once in a while she'd drag us kids to to, to church. And and to me, church meant just uh, dressing up, wearing a tie, and getting a headache. That's all church was. I remember very distinctly the first time I walked into this old dingy, mildewy sanctuary, and I looked up and there was a preacher up there who was like 200 years old. And I just thought, this is the worst place on earth to be. Now I realize I'm that 200-year-old preacher <laughs> to the kids who are walking into our church. But, but that was my entire background. I never paid any attention. I didn't know anything about it. So even when I got saved, the only thing I knew about Jesus was that he was Paul as Jesus, that he was real and that he was more powerful than me. So when I gave my heart to Christ, it was on a public street in Upland, California. I was literally running away from home. When I gave my heart, I cried out for Paul is Jesus. I said, if you're real, Paul is Jesus. I need you. And that moment in an instant, the, the transformation was dramatic. See, I have
1: a similar situation. I grew up in a in a family where you know, we didn't go to church because we live in a small town in northern Canada. There was only a, uh, one church. It was a Catholic church. My my parents did not want me to be baptized in the Catholic church, mm-hmm. so I was not baptized. I did not get baptized until, as it, as it turns out, the same day as my daughter, oh, wow. which was back in probably, ni- probably about 2000. And so that's the special bond that we have. But it's similar because I went to church for weddings and funerals yeah. because we never went to church because, you know, it was just not a thing we did. And then when I found out that I was never baptized and my sisters and my brothers were, well, I was a little upset about that, to say the least. Yes. <laughs> so, but anyway, so it's, it's similar. I didn't, it was later in life for me, I was probably 27 years old, 27 or 28 years old when I found Christ and, and devoted my life to, you know, not to the extent that you do, but I feel here at KSLR, we are doing God's work as okay. well in cooperation with good folks like you. So yeah. it's a very similar story. Yeah.
2: You now, know when, I got, when I got baptized, just a, a brief, side here uh there was nobody in the world who I felt qualified to baptize me more than Paula so I asked her to do it and so she baptized wow, me that's incredible. and and it was it was because of her faithfulness that I'm here
1: well she's an incredible woman I've yeah. gotten the chance to meet her a couple of times she's an incredible woman yes, she is.
2: okay so
1: when was the moment that you decided that this is what you wanted to do with your life, that you wanted to be a pastor, that you wanted to teach the word and teach people about God? When was that point?
2: Well, when I got saved, I I told you that the transformation was instant and it was radical. Um, All I knew is, is I would never work for anybody but Jesus again. I had no idea what that would take. Having never been raised in church, I didn't know what churches were like. I was saved about six months when I was in a car in a traffic jam on a Southern California freeway. I was listening to Pastor Raul Reese, who's now a friend of mine, uh, and he was teaching out of uh, Timothy, and he was talking about the office of a pastor. And it was almost very like Jesus was in the car with me, and he was saying, listen, because this is what I've called you to do. And I couldn't imagine, I absolutely couldn't imagine, my life had been so miserable and and lived so wickedly. That that I can't imagine that God could use anyone like me to be a pastor. I, I had a friend, a, a sort of a mentor, uh, who knew me before I got saved. And I called him and I said, I, I think God wants me to be a pastor. And his exact words were these. He said, he said, there's no way God could ever use anyone like you to be a pastor. You're lucky he saved you. Wow. And I remember thinking, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like the Jesus I'm learning to know. And so I called my sister and I called Paula and I just said, you know, I think this is what I'm going to do. People began praying. There was confirmations. But I knew in my heart of hearts, I knew this is what I was going to do. And and there was just something about opening the Bible. Uh, brand new believer, never having read the Bible, but I sort of got it. And I know that doesn't come from me. I know it was a gift that God had given me and nurturing this gift, and I was affiliated with Calvary Chapel before I even knew anything about Calvary Chapel, as strange as that sounds. I just knew that if if people knew about Jesus, they'd they'd not only get saved, but once they were saved, they'd live lives that were so attractive that others would get saved. And I realized that if they don't know who he is, and the only place to teach people who he is is the Bible, that's what I got to do. And I didn't start out to be a Calvary Chapel affiliate. I knew nothing about Chuck Smith. I was probably the only guy in Southern California who didn't know anything at all about Chuck Smith. But I was a Calvary Chapel. I opened the Bible, wanted to teach it. And I began teaching Bible studies pretty quickly. Um, I, I fear for those people that were in those early Bible studies. But <laughs> but but that's what I knew I was going to do. I went to Calvary Chapel Bible College a couple of years later, uh, completed that, and then we came. And I was actually establishing this church um, no more than a little over four years after I got saved. Right.
1: So how long have you been here in San Antonio? Been here
2: 17 years. Our first Bible study was May 31st of 1995. And I taught out of Mark chapter one. There were 13 people in that Bible study. It was a Wednesday night. That was the biggest crowd we had for two years. And I thought, am I chasing them away? What am I doing? But we just faithfully went through the Bible. Mm-hmm. And in the process, and this is what I tell, you know, we've planted 11 churches out of our church, sent people all over the world to to establish works now. And, And I tell them all, you know, that first couple of years is really about marrying you and your wife in the ministry. You know, you're married, and you love your wife, and she loves you, but, but it's about being united in the ministry, being devoted, completely committed to the work, and so God was working on Paula's heart, and he was working on my heart, all the while knitting our hearts together. We spend enormous amounts of time in the Bible together, um, uh, and, and, and our hearts just became one with the people in San Antonio, Texas, and, and we've been doing this now for 17 years.
1: Now, I want to ask you this. Was there, has there ever been and was there ever a time after you started uh, your, your walk with, with, with God that you thought, eh, maybe this isn't right? Maybe I'm, was there ever a point where you doubted what you were doing and what you were put on here
2: on this earth to do? Never, never one second. Not not a glimmer, just never this. one second. I, I knew. And I think one of the things that God has given me a gift to understand is, is that he gives the orders and I follow them. I don't have the freedom to say no. I don't have the freedom to depart from the path that he set out before me. So so it was just one of those things. I think this is one of the things about being a little bit older and more mature in the things of life when I got saved. I understood authority. I'd been a boss for a long, long time. I owned my own business. And and, and I understood that when he said, if he's in charge, he said, this is what you're going to do that I had to do it until he said to do something else. And um, so it was never a matter of, of of an option for me. I just knew that this is what God called me to do, and this is what I'm committed to do. I tell my church all the time that they're stuck with me until Jesus comes back, or if if I'm sent somewhere else, I said I'll be able to bring the handwriting on the wall, the piece of wall with God's finger, because that's how committed I am to, to the body that, that God has given us to minister to.
1: Okay, I'm going to give you a two prong question here. I want to I want to ask you with changes that you've seen in the church, maybe in the last 20, 25 years and the perception that people have of the church.
2: Well, I I think the changes in the church at large, uh, I I don't think are positive. Um, I think there are very few people faithfully teaching the Bible. There's a lot of people preaching the Bible. Uh, there's a lot of people who are talking about Jesus, but that doesn't equip Christians to live like Jesus. Okay, explain the difference. Well, you, you know, preaching, exhorting, uh, topical sermons, uh, they're cute, we can make little stories, and we can, we can make people laugh and tie in a significant point or two or three in a 40-minute message, but uh, when we're teaching verse by verse, we, we don't get the opportunity to pass on any subject as it comes up, as Jesus declared it or Paul declared it or Peter declared it or John declared it or any of the other gospel writers or the writers in the New Testament. We have to deal with every subject imaginable. And what we do at Calvary Chapel is we, we one, we look at the, at the passage. What does it say? Second, what does it mean? And third, and this is the most important, is was how do we use it? What does it mean for me? How's it going to change my life? You know, if, if the people leave Calvary Chapel of San Antonio on a Wednesday or a Friday or a Sunday and say, well, you know, that was interesting, but so what? Then I haven't done anything. But if they leave saying, now I get it, if I treat my wife differently. If, if I'm filled with the Spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. If I, if I stay with Jesus, I'll be able to be like Him and represent Him rightly. And that only comes from teaching the Word. The only place we get a revelation of Jesus Christ is in His Word. And so as we declare Him, and that's my message, I, I call myself a one-string guitar. It's just Jesus. And if I declare Jesus, if I tell people who He is, and then say, okay, because of who He is, this is how we then should live. And that's what the writers of the New Testament have done. And we've seen enormous changes in people's lives. I think one of the other problems that we see is the, the pressure from the culture that we live in is so intense now that being a Christian for the first time in the United States of America, and I'm 61 years old, the first time in, in my lifetime, it's unfashionable, even incorrect, to be a Christian. And so to, 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 to withstand that pressure, you've really got to know who's called you and what you're called to do. And you've got to be firm and you've got to be stubborn. And I think so often people cave in. Starting a church is very difficult. And there's a lot of lean times. God testing, you know, Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says, it's required that every man given a trust must prove faithful. And, and, and you know, it's, it's not a test if everything's easy. So God takes you to these things. He tests your resolve. And in that process, he changes your heart and changes your direction. But, but if we give up because it's hard, well, then we look for more comfortable ways to deliver the message. We want to make it more appealing or more palatable to the unbeliever. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to take any chances. And, and that's certainly not way to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and that's what I mean when I say most of the changes haven't been good changes. Right. We at Calvary Chapel of San Antonio uh, we, we, we rely, I hope we rely on the spirit of God. I hope as we teach through the word, you know, it doesn't depend on how creative I am to come up with a series of messages or anything. I know where I'm going to start tomorrow night's message because it's where I left off last Friday night right. and the same thing is true on Sundays and Wednesdays and uh, so, so I just follow the form that God has given me and we've done that, and the changes in our church have been enormous as a result,
1: All right okay, and speaking of your church, I want to really get into um the experience that people can expect walking into into the church we're speaking with Pastor Ron <laughs> Arbaugh Calvary Chapel here in San Antonio. If somebody were to walk into the church, what can they expect from start
2: to finish um <laughs> It's funny, you know, because I'm I have a radio program that that goes out all over the world now, and and uh, people come in and they'll they'll have images first of me, and uh, evidently I sound taller, younger, and better looking on the radio. <laughs> we all <laughs> do. We all do. <laughs> so that's so, why I'm in radio <laughs> because of it the perception I, I can i can see the, the 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 look of disappointment on their face when somebody <laughs> like, oh. where, where, which, which one's pastor on which one and then i can see oh him and so i've asked the ushers to point out the younger taller good-looking uh, pastors on staff they just fool that he's just kidding but that's what i'd like to do but but when people come in they're going to see two things instantly that can't be denied the first is we have the most loving group of people ever now everybody expects the pastor to say that about his church. Uh, our church is so famous for its love that other pastors come and they're blown away. God brings people to us and and they want to know what what are you doing to get people to commit like this? What are you doing for this kind of love? It's the work that God has done that I believe is a result of, of faithfully teaching his word. So they're going to they're going to experience a, a love like they've never experienced before, a palpable emotion um, genuine Christians sold out for Jesus Christ. Uh, often, you know, when people come in the first time, they try to sneak in late and kind of leave really early. Um, they might encounter my wife chasing them out in the parking lot. Hey, hey, you can't leave. You know, come and get to know us kind of thing. Over and over, there's been countless testimonies of people who say, I couldn't believe it. I turn around. There's this little black lady following me out in the parking lot. And say, hey, come on. And 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 Paula is responsible for a whole lot of that love. And I'm so grateful to God for her she is I call her uh my secret weapon and 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 that's what people will experience now here's the second thing they'll experience it's tacky at our church <laughs> we we are a tacky church our <laughs> our money goes to ministry doesn't doesn't go to mortgage it doesn't you know we're a strip mall church you know, we've got enough space we we're doing five services a week and we're doing all these things but our money is intended to be used for the things that God directs it to be used for. And we're not ever to be in debt. We're not ever to, to uh, uh, have a big mortgage in a, in a huge place. That, that I mean, if God gives a lot of money, we can pay for one that's great. And I'm, I'm certainly not opposed to that. But um, the idea is that we're stuck where we are right now. Because the money we have is spent on the ministry and we're doing a lot of things. It was a long time ago when God spoke to my heart out of Matthew chapter 10, where Jesus said, freely you have given or freely you have received, now freely give. And I knew what he meant in speaking to me. It's very personal, very, very, very intense message. He was saying, look... What I have done for you and have given to you, I want you to give to others at no charge. We never mention money at Calvary Chapel. Our announcer says, we have offering boxes in the back and in the sanctuary. If you want to honor the Lord with your gifts, we're happy to receive them, but we won't compel you to give. Mm-hmm. And that's all. It takes takes right. just a few seconds. Uh, we never let our needs be known. It's a very direct order that God has given us. It's not wrong for ministries that do. It's not wrong for people that take offerings. That's not my point. It's just what he's told us to do. Right. Uh, we have a school, a free Christian school. It's been going now. We, we're starting our 14th year later in August. And so uh, uh, we have 135 kids. The only reason we only have 135 kids is because we can't fit any more in uh, because of the limited space. That school costs us between fifty and $60,000 every month. And so uh, obviously we can't afford to, to, to do that if we've got a mortgage right. in a big building. Uh, we're about to open a free medical clinic. That, that medical clinic will open. I hope uh, early in September. We've got a husband and wife doctor team, doctors Peter and Sheba Paley. They've been at our church now for about six years. We've fallen in love with them, and and they with us. And and they're going to staff full time uh, a free medical clinic. We oh, we want to help people with their with their their, their physical issues, but every single patient is going to hear about Jesus and God has surrounded us we have so many medical professionals in the church we've got we've got more staff than we ever need and uh just everybody waiting to get that clinic open and and we hope to do that that's going to be even a bigger step of faith and a bigger expense in the school
1: and just uh we just have a a short amount of time here let us uh, let us know tell us about when worship services are and how people can get can get a hold of you
2: um, the best place for information is at our website calvarysa.com. On the web, um, you can find out all of the information. There's personal testimonies for me and for Paula. There's uh, our, our entire library of studies is there available for free. Um, but but there's questions that can be answered. Questions about the academy, questions about the medical clinic, all of that information is available at calvarysa.com. They can reach us by phone at six five eight. 8337. We're located in Universal City. We meet five times a week. We always do Old Testament study on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. We have child care available at every service. We do a New Testament study on Friday nights at 7 o'clock. We have a different New Testament Bible study on Sundays at 8.30, 10.15, and 11.59 in the morning. And then on Mondays, we have a men's study and a women's study. They meet together for worship then separate. The men go one way with Pastor Ken uh, Cruzado, who teaches that Bible study. And then Paula or one of the other ladies in our ladies leadership group teaches the women's Bible study. uh, And we get great participation in that as well. We have a Spanish language Bible study on Thursdays uh, with Pastor Chris Garcia. Uh, So so there's a lot going on, and there's just lots of uh, available Bible studies for people.
1: And, of course, the word to stand on for life, weekdays, 4 to 5, right here on AM 630 KSLR. Pastor Ron Arbaugh, we could have spent another two hours talking about this, but I really appreciate you coming and joining us here on, uh, on church of the week. And it's just a blessing to be able to have you pass by my office every day and you throw <laughs> something at me and I'll throw something at you. <laughs> and I look forward to seeing you every time. And thank you again for, for your time today.
2: Very great friend. God bless you. Thanks a lot.
1: Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM 630 KSLR church of the week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com.